inspiration. Hey, welcome back everyone. This is Unchained Inspiration. I am Reese Seven, and today we are looking at encouraging the bad to happen. I know that is not ideally what you want to hear. Today, I am, I've got the word on my mind, sedulous. Now, sedulous is a term that basically implies never to give up. At this point in time, we so many of us are in a lockdown state where we just kind of find that it's the days are harder and your motivation is being drained, your patience is being maxed, and it's really become quite the hurdle to keep in mind to not give up and and keep pushing forward. In order to kind of move forward and overcome a lot of the setbacks that happen in life, it's important to kind of maintain a spirit of not giving up. Having a sedulous spirit is something that is really important to protect yourself and make sure that you have yourself guarded and ready to go in a forward direction, whether it's through creative means, professional means, or even emotional, that you have yourself ready and not willing to give up. And today, my guest, Taylor Martins, is on the phone, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and having a talk with her, because when I think of the idea of a sedulous spirit, she encapsulates that so well that she is a very petite woman that has the spirit of a giant, and I'm so honored to have you on the phone today, Taylor. It's a pleasure to get this opportunity. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really honored that I could sit down with you today, especially with the in line with our recent announcement here in Alberta that we are kind of locked down for another two weeks. And that when that announcement came up over the uh, news yesterday, it really kind of knocked the drive and motivation out of my sails. So I was really excited to actually have this conversation. It's, it's kind of what spurred me to get up in the morning and really know that something important was going to happen was a conversation with you. You know, I got to say the same thing this whole week. I know we talked on Monday about this and it went by so fast knowing that I had plans on my Friday. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we really thought that the lockdown was going to come to an end and you would actually have the opportunity to come and sit with me in in studio which I was really looking forward to. I got my camera out. I had my studio set up so we could take the photo at the end of the podcast so we could put it up for the graphic work. And when that announcement came in yesterday, I just, it, it really, like I said, knocked the wind out of my sails. So I, fortunately we have technology and that you were game enough to have a phone call. Yeah. Well, just like the conversation in this episode, we... We don't give up, right? <laughs> That's right. So you, I've known you now for a few years. And in that time, I've really admired that you just don't seem to give up. And, and I really, I like to always sit down with people that I admire and kind of recognize why I admire them and understand how I can start building that skill base into my toolbox so I can go forward and be just a little bit better. And I've, I've often wondered where 
do you get that sedulous spirit from? You know, I don't always know where I get it from sometimes. And sometimes I don't always think I have it. But at the end of the day, it's you have your own back. And that's what I always try to keep in mind. I can do this because I have my back and I believe in myself. I love that idea of just having you as a priority. And sometimes I really fault on doing that for myself. I'm, I really kind of get tripped up in what others think or, or the needs of others and forget that I have a priority. And that I, I'm glad that you kind of pointed out that you, you have some priority of ma- making sure that you've got your own back at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially, you know, we talked about we work together and it's hard in lifeguarding. I'm a very frail looking woman. I'm very small, petite, and... I wouldn't describe you as frail, but uh, you are petite for sure. And I know that has definitely been been a bit of an obstacle for you. Yeah, well, I get I get it pointed out very often, which doesn't, I don't think it affects me. It doesn't hurt me because again, I have my own back, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you have a moment in time where you think back to like a story that someone's pointed it out and it was just kind of shocking? <laughs> well, actually, yes. When I was getting hired to be with the city of Medicine Hat for lifeguarding, we have to do a training and demonstrate that we can carry so much weight and carry another person. Right. We're all fitness and, tested. Yeah, our fitness test. And so... For me, that was I was very nervous because every everyone there was bigger than me. Everyone there was more intimidating looking than me. And so I gathered my all. I got in and I did it. And when I had gotten out, somebody had mentioned that I didn't do it good enough. Or I there's a standard that you have to have shoulders out of the water for one of the carries. And mm-hmm. I didn't have the shoulders out enough. I wasn't ready for this kind of work. And I will shout out to the person who inspired me to become a lifeguard, Michelle. She said, Taylor, you did fine. You did great. And you're going to keep doing great. And from then on, I always got the shoulders out, whether it took me one try, whether it took all the guts I had, I always got the shoulders out. As much as that put me down thinking my future coworker might not believe in me, it really rose me up saying, I can do this and I will prove that I can do this. Well, you proved it so well. So I'm about two and a half times larger than you. And I will never forget. This was the day that you stood out in other regards, but like this, this never give up spirit that you brought forward really kind of presented itself so strongly the day that you decided to try and do that exact carry on me and were successful. That mm-hmm. really... I was so impressed that most people shy away because again, being intimidated by the the size of myself, that they don't want to work that hard. And for me, you decided to go after the biggest challenge you could find and see where you measured up to it. Mm -hmm. Well, you never know what you can do if you don't push yourself to do it, right? That's so true. Uh, (laughs) I, I, I lo- and that's why I just feel that every time I get the opportunity to sit down and talk to you, I, I learn something new and I really, I, I internalize it and like to realize that there's things in my life that I've got fears of 
And it's not fear of getting hurt or a problem. It's almost a fear of knowing where I legitimately measure up in the bigger picture. It's all up to us, right? We are the we are the ones that put ourselves in boxes. We are the ones that hold ourselves back. And when we listen to other people who there's lots of people that encourage you to move forward and do your best, but there are a lot of people that tell you, Oh, you can't do that, right? Or you convince yourself by overthinking. That's my biggest thing is I overthink. But then at the end of the day, again, if you if you don't try, if you don't have the dedication to really seek out what you want to do, then you'll never do it. When you overthink, uh, that really kind of sparked something for me because I find that I spend more time overthinking something than just going and doing it. And there's been guests that I've had in the past that I bring in just because they have that spirit of just go and do, like start walking and you'll, and things will start to kind of sort themselves out. When you're going through that overthinking process, what kind of tricks have you developed to kind of break yourself from going too far down the rabbit hole? (laughs) Well, I have a few that I find very entertaining and a lot of people find very entertaining to watch. I will stand myself in the mirror. I will look at myself and I'll say, what are you doing? Do better. Or I will put a (laughs) sticky note up and say, hey, if you don't do this, who will? I write it in a journal. I say exactly what I'm feeling. And I look at it the next day and I'm like, that was silly. Why would I do that? And then I move forward. So you keep a journal? Yes, I do. I love journaling. (laughs) See, I admire that. Uh, I really have a tough time sitting down and journaling. I don't know if it's just my uh, attention is wavers too much. So that's why I kind of started the podcast was I recognize that the the power of journaling is so important in self-improvement and and being able to kind of forage forward because you can look back on where you've been, which kind of gives you a bit of a map on where you are in the bigger picture of where you're wanting to go. It kind of helps reorient orientate yourself. I know that I tried to describe journaling to one of my uh, nieces that it's kind of like, you know what your goal is ultimately. So you've got that in your GPS unit. You don't always know where you are on the map. And by journaling, it kind of helps keep your goal in mind, but understand where you are on the journey. Yeah. And I'm a hugely visual person. So for me, the thoughts can be all scrambled in your head, right? It's almost like they're mice chasing each other and when I put it on paper when I put all my thoughts out it's I can collect them and I can I can keep that goal in mind and then see what all the mice are telling me up there and it just it's so much easier and so much more relieving to I guess tell yourself what you can do and what's going on when did you start this process um you know I I think I went through a little bit of a hard time where I over th- I was overthinking too much and too much for myself to the just as in not being able to be sedulous or dedicated, right? I would put myself back and that's where I noticed I said what's going on? You know, like you you don't give up, Taylor. You need to keep going for it. So then I found myself this had a paper and I wrote down what I was feeling and it worked. And then the next day I looked myself in the mirror and I said, who cares if you're small, go pick up Reese and carry him through the water. (laughs) (laughs) How did you feel once you knew that you could do that for me? 
it felt great. It felt as if I proved myself, right? It felt as though I believed in myself and now I showed others and I showed visually myself that I could do it. It wasn't just a thought anymore. It was a product. Yeah, something tangible that you, you legitimately could own. Mm-hmm. Do you have any challenges moving forward? Well, every day is a challenge. Every day there's something that you shouldn't give up on, whether it's small or big. Some days I wake up and I say, oh, I don't know what to eat for breakfast. Well, maybe maybe I'll just skip it. But then I remember, no, if you skip your breakfast, you won't you won't get the muscle you need to go back to the water and keep swimming, right? And then some days it's a big challenge. It's a big challenge of, can I lift this new weight? Can I pick up what I need to pick up mentally or physically, right? I, I think so many of us right now are, are dealing with the mental hurdle more than the physical. Mm-hmm. Keeping your mental state healthy, do you have anything that you're working on right now that's kind of challenging you in that regard that you're not just getting lost in your your thoughts? Yeah, well, that happens. I... I'm a hugely extroverted person, right? I gain so much energy from being social and being with people. And so personally, this lockdown, it's affected that. It's held me back from being able to see people and gain that energy that I need. And so I really try, I'll go out skating by myself. And some people laugh, some people, my friends will be like, why are you going by yourself? And for me, it's because I simply get to see other people and that'll get me through the day, right? Well, and you've you got your out, back. You go do, yeah. I, I just get this really wonderful image of you outdoor on a public rink, uh, just skating and the sun shining down on you at this point. That, <laughs> that's just such a beautiful thought to have when you're, when you're kind of locked indoors and every day kind of blurs together as one. Do you do anything creatively during this time? Yeah, well, like I said, I love journaling, right? So even if I don't have something to talk about, I'll make something to talk about. I love drawing houses, which is something a lot of people I don't think know about me. I will just draw my future house. Who knows what it'll be in five, ten years when I do get my house. But I have this dream of building my own house. So I will day after day, I will draw a new house. And if I don't like something from the day before, I will upgrade it or change it on the next house. And that's kind of like establishing a vision board. Hey, yeah, almost in my own way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because the house hasn't been built yet. Um, Mm -hmm. I I know that that was something that I did when I moved back from Calgary, I really kind of came back with nothing. I just, I had grown tired of being, in a position where I just was made to feel like I was not going to get ahead and I was surviving day to day, that it was important to kind of reprioritize what I valued in life. And for me, family was 100% on top of the list. It kind of brought me back to a smaller community. I do struggle in a smaller community. It doesn't offer a lot of the opportunities that a larger city has, but a larger city, if your family's not there, it doesn't offer that network. That network of people, like you acknowledged, is important in kind of like pushing you forward and keeping you motivated and going forward. During this time that I had nothing and I came back for my family, that I really kind of started to recognize that I needed to kind of visually acknowledge what I needed in my life. And so I started putting pictures of my family around and I had bought a home at the time, but the home was only 
oh, I would assume about a year away from being condemned before when I bought it. I, and I fixed it up and I started, like you said, drawing your future out. And I'd have all these sketchbooks and notepads filled with pictures of what I thought the uh, living room wall should look like or how the deck should be arranged. And it really, again, it kind of establishes that roadmap that reminds you that this is where you you feel you're going to end up being content and happy and safe. It's something tangible to work towards. So you're drawing your future house out. What things are you putting into that space that really makes it stand out for you? Well, listen to people like you tell me about their house and I will watch videos. And I guess I pull everything out of those different ideas and I try to make it my own. Or just like my sister. My sister is the best thing in my life. (laughs) And she is very creative. She loves picking out colors and she's so warm, right? And so I'll include her and I'll ask her, what do you think I can do to this house? And she says, well, you know, it looks a little dull. Maybe you could add a few picture frames or maybe you could add a window there. Mm. And I guess that really helps me keep going. So you've got a creative sister. You're creative in in your language and your your private ideas. Is your whole family gifted in that creativity? <laughs> well, I, w- I would say we're all creative in our own ways. My dad is a huge jokester, so that would that's another level of creativity. It definitely. sure is. And um, my mom, she is just like you. She's hugely into photography. And so that's also very creative and she's never stopped herself doing something she doesn't like if she found something else like one time she had a job at a jewelry store where she got to make her own jewelry and oh that's exciting yeah it's digging into her creativity oh i yeah i i feel like i should sit down and have a conversation with your mom uh (laughs) the the whole art of being a jeweler and having that creativity and it's so fine but you have to understand chemistry so well with the metals and the heats and uh, the s- different stones and how they're going to be able to be bonded together. It's it's a lot more than just creativity. There's a science to it for sure. But that's the that's also the beauty of art is oftentimes it takes in so many other disciplines in life. Yeah, definitely. I, I do know that you are uh, working very hard right now at trying to become an educator. Yes, very hard. <laughs> I I couldn't imagine the challenges you're facing right now being in an education program and trying to bring your creativity forward both into assignments as well as any sort of like practical work with students. How's that going? You know, it is hard work. Every day it's something else. And every day there could be a setback. I know right now my biggest setback was Originally, I wanted to be a biology teacher, and I'm fascinated with biology. But I did come to learn that the biology I was taking in university was not the biology I was passionate about. It was more focused on cells and how those things work in the human body and in the animal and a genome. It's just all this genetics that didn't encapsulate what I want to know and what I want to teach. 
And so I really had to talk to myself and tell myself, you know what, Taylor, maybe right now the biology isn't the dream and maybe it's geography, which was my second choice or minor, I guess you could call it. And so currently I'm pursuing a bit more of geography in hopes of going back to a biology which is more focused on anatomy, something that I'm more passionate about. So it's been hard, but we've worked through it, right? With you, it doesn't surprise me at all that you're working through it. I'm actually more fascinated in how you are able to work through it. And that's really just, there's so much insight that you have that I feel is important to share with others. It's okay. And I I think this is, I had a conversation earlier with someone else that it's okay to kind of, acknowledge that something isn't for you and recognize it almost sooner than later that if it's not working for you to kind of reorientate yourself so you're on the right path. How difficult was that for you when you recognized that the biology part of this education wasn't for you? Well, I'm a crier, so I cried. (laughs) And And then I reminded myself what the end goal was, right? And that was to be a teacher. That's something I learned in lifeguarding, teaching children, and just being lit up almost as if I'm on fire, right? When I'm when I'm sharing what I love and when someone understands. That was the coolest thing for me as a lifeguard, as a student teacher, sharing what they need to learn and having them learn it. So I really told myself, what's the end goal? Is it to understand biology or is it to understand kids, to teach others how to do something? And that's where that's where I let go of my biology, how much I wanted to prove myself that I could do biology, even though it wasn't the bio that I really loved. Right. So that's when I turned and I said, right now, let's focus on geography because that will get me to where I want to be. And then, and then I can learn the bio that I really love. And then I can pursue other dreams in education. It's interesting how life kind of gives you different paths to go through and, and no path is, is wasted, I find. Yeah, no, definitely. You learn something new on the road every day. What's been the lesson that you've learned recently that you like to take forward? Well, I think I was talking to another teacher when I was having my problem understanding what I really wanted, whether it was biology or whether it was being a teacher. And they kind of told me, really focus on what you're looking for in life. What is your happiness, right? From there, you can work on letting go of things and pursuing things you never thought you would pursue and doing things you never thought you would do. That's awesome. How hard Mm -hmm. was it to identify happiness in your life? I feel like that's a hard one. It's definitely, it's difficult to, I guess, measure what happiness is, right? Is Mm -hmm. happiness a calm or is happiness a fire? Like I said earlier, when you feel on fire and you feel like you're on top of the world. Or is it both? Yeah, it could be both, right? Happiness could be anything that not gotten you down. (laughs) I kind of think of it too, like I... (laughs) I'm, I'm so much older than you and I look at it like you would think by the time you're my age, you would kind of have the idea of happiness solidified and, and recognize 100% what it is and life would be easy because you could just say, well, I'm pursuing happiness. But yeah, I don't find that any age in particular has 
that solidified. I feel that it's a constant pursuit that you have to acknowledge because I know what really made me happy when I was in my 20s certainly does not measure up to what my happiness was for my 30s and now into my 40s. Yeah, it definitely, just like society, like everything is changing constantly, right? And so as you age, everything changes. You never, you never really, I guess, get a grip on anything. And I think something as kids too, we always think our parents have it figured out, right? No one ever has it figured out. We're all just trying our best. At the same time, I guess that's where you can come to the conclusion, like, One of my favorite sayings is you have to go through the bad to get to the good. So once you recognize that you're not in the bad anymore, I would say that's happiness. Mm -hmm. It changes. It changes all the time and you can't ever control it. So you just, you do your best and you don't give up. I, I think that's such an interesting thought. I was thinking about how you just identified that when you've eliminated the bad, that's happiness. Well, for me, that's a new way of looking at that entire concept of happiness. You won't eliminate all the badness in your life, but you can certainly reduce it substantially. And that almost is a more tangible and easier path to go through than trying to make the long list and completely evolving list of happiness. Well, and I think it's understanding too that in order for you to feel happiness, you have to feel not happiness right you have to feel you have to feel the sucky part in order to thrive and so it's it's almost like not even eliminating but uh encouraging the bad to happen encouraging you to accept that bad happens and that's that's when you can find happiness in a lot of things and that's where you can tell yourself that you don't have to give up because after this I'll see happiness because it only goes up from there. And even if it goes down, it's an acceptance that it will eventually go up. Absolutely. I know I've had moments in life where I've kind of wallowed in self-pity that things weren't working out. And when you think back to those days, that was a very small period of time, but it felt like eternity while you were going through it. But it was such a small period of time that... Now that I was able to deal with the parts that weren't ideal, I am happier. And, and I really appreciate you pointing that out because that, that actually was like the silver lining to my day is I'm in a really an amazing spot and it's taken this conversation to like own it, as you would put it, just owning that fact that you can tangibly identify that you've done something and and I, I've been working through it and I, I continue to work through it because I know that there's so much that I can offer and look forward to offering uh, both for myself and, and those that listen. I'm just really grateful that you brought that to the table today. Well, I'm grateful you pulled it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what happens in a good conversation that like those opportunities happen. Exactly. Sometimes you don't ha- know you have it in you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that really... Uh, that's one of those gold nuggets that I'm going to treasure is by uh, encouraging the bad to happen, it will kind of help you set the priority to eliminate it that you can have happiness again. So Studio 7 is the parent company that I'm under and our whole policy here is to promote collaboration, to inspire creativity. And I was wondering, is there 
anything that you would uh, want my help on possibly collaborating with? Well, you know, as I learned with this conversation, even just talking, collaborating as people, we find new emotions, right? And I think that's something I've even just learned from you with this whole talk is you bring up stuff you don't always know you have in you. And so I think that's an important way of collaborating is locating those emotions and thriving on them. And then even physically, I something I've learned from you too is collaborating. We can encourage each other to do what we don't always know we have in us. I know this sounds really bad and I, I share it w with a few people for sure. Uh, and I, this might be the first time I've actually brought it on to the pod here that I, I like hanging out with winners and not, not saying that I need to hang out with a gold medalist or someone of that winning status. What I mean by that was simply that I love being associated with people with winning mentalities and you never know what it takes for someone to be winning in a situation and encouraging others to do something. It's funny because I've, t I talked to many people and there's been people on the other side of the world that by them doing their daily da uh, routine of physical fitness and just kind of getting up and uh, pushing forward and, and overcoming the negative elements of their life, that they've inspired me on this side. And they, that wasn't their intention. But the moment I bring it up to them that they've inspired me, they realize that what they're doing is much more powerful than than themselves and that's where like being around winners that's essentially what it is you might not be a millionaire you might not have the shiniest trophy or gold medal it's the way you conduct yourself in life that that's the winner and i love being around people and collaborating with people that have that drive to improve the community and the world around us and i it was very easy when i made a choice uh, to kind of bring on someone that could speak to the whole idea of not giving up and, and pursuing, you came to the top of the mind because that sedulous spirit was so important. Um, and I, I feel like there there's probably a couple of opportunities we probably could collaborate on. Uh, anything on your end that you could think of? Well, too, I had mentioned to you I'm going to be a teacher one day. And within within the process of becoming a teacher you have to build yourself a portfolio and build yourself a website too and just a name right that people and future superiors and supervisors can look at you and notice you right and so I think you're the perfect person to go to that and collaborate with on that because you you have an art you have a you have a way of believing and pursuing and doing. And so when I'm building myself this portfolio, you can encourage me to do different things and show me different lights that I didn't know were there. And so I would definitely, I think that's a huge thing I would like to collaborate with you on. Even building a website, you are smart and very good at laying out different ideas. So... Well, I am honored that you would consider me in that creative process. And absolutely, I totally jump on it as an educator myself. I love the idea of making sure that very capable, competent uh, educators 
kind of see where they need to be. And the biggest thing that we are starting to recognize in 2020 and 2021 is the idea of kind of establishing a brand. And like, I know that's a common idea in social media that you establish a brand. And that's what I've been working at kind of building up here on my own level as an artist, something that's been new and I I've overlooked it for too long. And they've decided that now is the time to get serious about the branding concept. I've really noticed in the news where when they highlight and showcase special teachers and educators, it really falls into they establish a brand for themselves. And if you kind of go into the idea that this portfolio is your brand, it is your product that you are producing, that really sets a tone for anyone that's looking at you to not only hire you, but just study under you as a student. If they can identify that you have a personality and you're relatable, you will attract so many people to know more about you and listen with undivided ears on what you have to say. And I I believe that you are a person that uh, brings so many good, healthy traits to young people and you've got such a healthy outlook on life in general that I really take that as a huge honor that you would consider me in that process. Thank you. Yeah, well, and I also think the importance of collaboration is finding other people that believe in you, right? Because that's where you let your true colors shine and hearing you, you believe in me. And so having you as a collaborator or someone I can go to really allows me to depict who I really am. So thank you back. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I do have a collaboration piece that I would like to bring to you. Definitely. Now, this one, I know that you mentioned that your mom's a photographer. And so this collaboration piece actually kind of extends between the two of you. What I need from you, ideally, is a photo of yourself that I can put up on the graphics for this podcast. I've gone in the 2021 season, I decided that I had so much fun over the 12 Days of Christmas podcast series I produced by taking an individual photo representing each episode that it was fun to kind of go with that same mentality and make sure that we have an, a graphic of who I'm actually talking to on the podcast today. So they, anyone listening in has a bit of a visual of who you are and, and, and the personality you bring forward. And I was wondering if you happen to have or are willing to take a photo of yourself with kind of a white or plain background that we could put up on the podcast for tonight's episode. Of course, that's completely a yeah we can do that (laughs) oh that's exciting i i love how that just all of a sudden ended up with two other people involved in a in a creative piece that's going to get published and put out there yeah no it's awesome how we can all come together and do something absolutely taylor i i really hope that i get another chance to sit down with you in 2021 but this next time i'd like it more in a studio setting because i enjoy sitting across from you and having an actual conversation but over the phone it's been a real pleasure and i i would like to have you back at some point yeah i'd love to be back it was awesome talking to you that's awesome okay That's been encouraging the bad to happen. And I look forward to everyone back here next week. Until then, this is Reese 7 signing out.
Jennings. Don't journey.